Welcome to Farm Focus, a podcast by the Pennsylvania Farm Bureau. I'm William Whistler. This week on the Farm Focus podcast, I talked to Charlene Espenshade, the Executive Director for the Friends of Ag Foundation, about the upcoming Ag Literacy Week in its seventh year. Joined this week on the Farm Focus podcast by Charlene Espenshade. She is the Executive Director of the Friends of Ag Foundation. Um, Charlene, just wanted to talk to you a couple uh, minutes here about the uh, upcoming Ag Literacy Week. Uh, I believe you said it's the seventh year, and just talk a little bit about the program and what's going to be going on here in March for uh, the foundation. Absolutely. Well, it's Ag Literacy Week is a really big event for us. Um, it's an opportunity for Farm Bureau members, young agriculturalists like 4-Hers, FFA members, agribusiness leaders, and others just to go out into the community and visit with kindergarten, first or second grade classrooms, read an agriculturally accurate book, and engage with them on a activity around the book. But more importantly, and this is what I think is the most important part of Ag Literacy Week, it's the idea of you're taking someone who is deeply rooted in agriculture, such as a farmer, and having them go meet with a group of children, and then those kids are having the ability to ask every single question they may have about what happens on a farm. Yeah, and I think that's uh, you know, it's a uniquely valuable experience to have those one-on-one connections for kids, especially as uh, you know obviously the foundation's goal is to be able to connect uh, kids with their with their food and just like have that education portion to allow people to understand you know how farmers tie into consumption and things like that so what would you say going into this year is kind of i guess that focus and you know maybe talk a little bit about the book this year absolutely i think one of the exciting things is you know the past two years it's been a little tough because of all of coming out of the pandemic and a lot of schools had some limitations and restrictions so people for the past two years have had to be really creative on how to connect with school children and that meant whether it was pre-recording them reading the book or meeting with the classroom via a zoom link so this year is the first year in three years that people are able to go back into classrooms and engage directly with kids across the states. So what's really exciting is the fact that we are back in full force. We had almost 1,500 books sold this year, which is quite the accomplishment, which tells us that people are excited to uh, go back and really connect with kids. And schools are ready to have volunteer readers come back into the classrooms and have those experiences for children. The book this year is called The Day the Farmers Quit. And the concept of the book, it's around a young boy who lives next to several farms. And he suddenly discovers the farmers have gone on vacation. And this is catastrophic for this young boy because suddenly things are not showing up at the farmer's market. Things are not at the grocery store. There are things disappearing like from his closet or his refrigerator's so suddenly he's realizing oh my goodness there are so many things that we depend on a farmer for every day we need to convince the farmers to come off vacation and come back to their farm so we can uh, get all the things we need in our house and also celebrate them and thank them for everything they do and that's what's really neat about this book is it's written actually by a, a Virginia a school teacher who is married to a beef producer. So, and the book is dedicated to her hu- husband. I'm probably going to destroy the last name of the author. It's Autumn Pinkano, I think is how you say her last name. And um, 
she wrote this book and is dedicated to her husband just to kind of you know recognize that farmers do a lot and what i really like about this book is it opens up that conversation for a farmer to talk about those things that kids may not think about being necessary for a farmer to provide you know kids know obviously you know meal times their milk they drink the apples they eat those things but they may not realize for example we use a lot of corn and soybean in you know bioplastics um, fuels and to make you know reusable things and when you're able to kind of highlight that for kids they kind of go oh my goodness there's a lot more involved than I realize yeah that's one of the great things about Pennsylvania and just agriculture in general is just how diverse it is and that's really cool that it gives you an option to highlight that in this book and also just kind of you know paint that broad picture of that connection between farmers and consumers and obviously that's the that's the main goal in something like this so how have you, you know, maybe seen uh, success through this program the last couple of years? So have you been hearing a lot of people that have been real receptive of it and want to continue it? Or what has kind of been that feedback to having Ag Literacy Week? Actually, probably one of the things we're going to have to do is order more books next year. Uh, one of the challenges of running a program that is tied by books, like we are already in conversations of what the 2024 book will be, because if we select a book and depending on where it is printed, I mean, we work really hard to really strive to get the books be printed here in the United States, but if they have to come from outside the country, you have to work really far in advance with the publisher to make sure enough books are available and that we get them in time. So this year we actually sold out of our books. It was, you know, first time we've done that um, since I've been here in four years that we completely sold out of books and it's a great experience to have but we've had a lot of people who came after registration deadline or after we sold out to inquire if we we had any and we're like we apologize we don't fortunately we had some books from other years and because of maybe the lower participation rates because of the COVID limitations, we were able to provide additional books. Like we gave gave them the option to a couple of our past uh, books. And so they're still able to participate and they have access to those resources. So it's more than the 1400 classrooms. There'll be more than just those read to this year of by using some of the other agriculturally accurate books. But definitely one of the things we will be looking at is trying to figure out how many books to add on for next year. And um, we do know it'll be more, but how many more is the question. And what's the excitement level like for an event like this to finally be, you know, face to face for the most part? I mean, there's not too many schools that are still doing the virtual thing at this point so that's got to be a you know an added boost for people to actually get to meet face to face absolutely i think because for some people it is either for example we know broadband is a problem in in the state especially in like where i'm originally from northeastern pennsylvania a lot of folks don't have the best internet so even if they wanted to you know doing a virtual visit to a school would be very very difficult so this levels the playing field and also there is just some magic if you've never read into a classroom of kindergarten first or second graders um it's it's a magical experience it's it's really fun uh the kids are all excited because it's special um and then they have all these crazy questions and you would just it's a it's just a, a fun time and a chance for them to learn and and for maybe 
for some of them at least connect to a farmer in their community because most of them don't have that relative that lives on a farm anymore so if you can humanize the farmer connection in the community i think that's always a win i know uh ag literacy week we having it be right around the corner at this point a lot of the registration all that stuff is over but uh, just for people that aren't aware like how are ways that you can get involved in something like this to you know be a part of it absolutely first and foremost we always talk about we open up ag literacy registration slow res like we start talking about it in august at ag progress day so that's kind of our soft launch as we talk about ag literacy week where we'll start talking about this is the book and be on the lookout and then we open up registration in late september um and then we this year we went through uh, early january with registration deadlines but definitely for those that are involved in county farm bureaus a great time to register is in november because you can register in november and then at annual meeting you can you know pay and be ready to go so that's one way and ways to look for it is we always talk about it on our social channels we talk about it through the farm bureau uh, publications such as um, grassroots advocate and also through our monthly newsletter so we always do and for those that participate in the past we also do keep a list of all the participants in the past so we can also let them know hey just letting you know we're getting ready to open registration and then as we get close to deadline we also let them know as well so uh you said it being in your seventh year, and I, I think you did mention just about how many books you mm -hmm. uh, you sold, but how, uh, how many classrooms are you expecting this to be? So it'll be over 1,400 classrooms across Pennsylvania, which, you know, when you stop, I mean, it's it's not every classroom, but that's a wide cross-section of, of, of classrooms across the state of Pennsylvania. One of the neat stories I have is with a um, barn, which is the Burks Agriculture Resource Network, uh, they really increased this year. They reached out to their intermediate unit and put out the opportunity to all the classrooms across Berks County and said, if you're interested, let us know. And that's how they got an amazing response of 180 classrooms that said, hey, we'd like for you to come in. Um, and they, they really stepped up their their response this year. And also we've had several county farm bureaus who haven't participated before that also this year decided to take on uh, this program as something they wanted to do to connect in their local classrooms. Gotcha. Is it uh, something that you have, uh, like, do you have any set goals for this moving forward? Like, what are you kind of uh, looking to see with uh, Ag Literacy Week in the, you know, this year or maybe in the next coming year? One is we're always looking for feedback. So one of the things we'll, especially we do reach out to the teachers. Uh, it's one of the really important things is we always value the the feedback from the teachers you know what they think of the book or the project and in addition to our volunteer readers so we also reach out to them to get feedback what they thought about the activity that we did what well, is it something that they were comfortable doing because one of the neat things about this is the folks going into classrooms they're not professional teachers they're just passionate people with a great story to tell about agriculture so we just want to make sure that they're able to connect they feel comfortable with it and it was a positive experience for them. So we always do reach out to get some additional information and we use that to, to plan towards the next year, as well as we do talk with some of the other states. There are a lot of other states where our foundation is a member of the National Ag in the Classroom organization and there are several other states that take on ag literacy week as a project they offer so we check in with them see what books they've been using you know feedback they've got and so we all try to learn from each other but i would say the the goal is continued growth and making sure it's available for those that want to engage with the project they are able to do so as the foundation as a whole obviously you have a lot of other projects going on and 
a really busy time of year with uh, Farm Bureau Days, task conference, those kinds of things coming up. But uh, what are some of the things that you guys have going on right now? I know uh, Ag Labs are in full uh, full swing at this time of year, and uh, obviously you have the giant immersion lab as well that was added to the repertoire. So yeah, it's it's definitely it's a busy it's going to be a busy spring. Yeah, all six labs are out in full force, uh, especially as we are now into as they say we are immediately I guess they say it's meteorological spring started today when we're talking, and so yes, between now and the end of May. All six labs are, are pretty well heavily booked. Uh, we are preparing for the um, signups for the new school year. So I know it's hard to believe that we're thinking about the 23-24 school year, but we are. So um, later this spring, we'll be opening up registration for schools who are interested in booking the lab for the next school year. So we'll begin planning on that. Um, we are getting a lot of response to the Immersion Lab. It's really neat. It's actually heading out uh, to Pittsburgh here uh, for the Pittsburgh Farm and Garden Show, Home and Garden Show, excuse me. And we'll be out there. And then when it comes back, um, it starts to gear up as the weather warms up. Uh, that lab is, is really starting to get a, a busier schedule um, as between fairs, festivals, and also some special events even around this area. So we're really kind of getting some engagements going with that. So that's really going well. We're also wrapping up Winter Ag Workshop Series. Um, we had our live sessions at the beginning of February. That was our online teacher training. And uh, we have an assigned for teachers that couldn't attend it live, they could do on-demand sessions to earn at continuing ed credit. So we'll be closing that up here soon. And we were really excited. We had over 80 teachers that registered to participate in that program just to learn a little bit more of how to bring some agriculture into their classroom. Um, I'm really excited. Also, we're gearing up for Remake Learning Days. Uh, that's in May. Um, Remake Learning is Days is sponsored by a, a national organization called Remake Learning. And what we do at the foundation is we offer a virtual farm tour every year as part of the festival. This year's farm tour is going to be at a Franklin County farm. It's Matt Brake, who's a Farm Bureau member. Uh, his family has a robotic dairy. And so what we're doing is we're doing two tours. Uh, the first one is gonna be designed for elementary kids, which is going to be more of a standard tour geared for those kids where we tour the farm, we talk about the animals, we talk about the robotics that's involved on his farm, but then we also are doing a middle school, high school session, and that's going to be a little bit more of a deeper dive on the technology. So it gives us a great opportunity to connect with students across not only Pennsylvania, but possibly out of state uh, to, to see what a 21st century dairy farm with a lot of technology looks like and what kind of farmer this kind of technology would be a good fit for. Yeah, it's a lot of unique programming and events that you guys have going on, just like a wide uh, range of things at this point. Um, obviously, always trying to fundraise and doing uh, unique things with that. Um, coming up with task conference each year, I know the president and the vice president usually have a uh, competition of sorts. Uh, if you want to talk about just what they're doing leading into task conference. Yep, sure. Um, yeah, um, our chairman, Chris Hoffman, our vice chairman, Tommy Nagel, uh, they have challenged not only the foundation board of directors, but in addition to the, the Pennsylvania Farm Bureau board of directors to raise funds for the foundation. Um, and they're having, it's it's quite the spirited conversation going on across the, the state right now as they're trying to talk to people, share the story, the impact of the foundation. 
so that you know to raise funds and uh there's a meal on the line is is how i've heard it is um the winners will will get a meal served to them by the losing team so there's a lot of at stake for both chris and tommy because the winning team gets to decide are we having roast pork or roast beef so that's a pretty big importance to those two guys as they each represent very different uh, commodities but it's a great opportunity because we we really are dependent on on donor support. Donor support is what makes all of our programs happen and makes it possible for us to offer things such as a free training for teachers, you know, at Literacy Week at a low cost to folks, and also provide other educational opportunities for people. So yeah, members and, and donors, that's that's essential. And like we say, a $10, a $10 donation can support two students to go visit the Ag Lab, just as, as an example. So it really does, it doesn't take a lot, but every donation makes a difference. So for uh, people that are looking to get involved, is there anything else that uh, is kind of coming up that people should be watching for? Yeah, definitely. We're looking, it's hard to think we're thinking about summer, uh, but Educators Ag Institute, which is our largest teacher training, it's an in-person training, we will be opening registration here in the next few weeks for teachers who would want to participate and go to that for training and always we're looking one of the things is we're always looking for people who are interested who are passionate about agriculture one if you're a retired teacher or are a certified teacher looking for a change in career we are looking for folks to work on our ag lab and with our immersion lab we are just looking for passionate advocates to come around and if they want to work on the ag on the immersion lab to tell their story to their friends and neighbors. We're always looking for folks who are interested in working with that program as well. And uh, as always, how can uh, people donate to the foundation? Sure, you can either, if you are comfortable, we definitely do. Um, we have an online form on our website. It's at pfbfriends.org or pfbfriends.com. And it's right on the homepage. You'll see the donate button. You can go right there. Or if you want to, you can reach out to me or a member of our staff, and we're happy to help you. If you want to mail a do donation in, we're more than happy to work with you as how best you want to make a donation. Yep. And as always, Charlene, thank you for your time. And uh, thanks for being a part of uh, an awesome project like Ag Literacy Week and uh, letting us tell people about it and getting that word out to just try and... Uh, trying to raise some awareness for that. Oh, thank you for the opportunity. We love sharing the good news and the good work of what's happening in the foundation. If you enjoyed this episode of Farm Focus, please subscribe. More episodes are on the way, and all of our past episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on Podbean at pfbcast.podbean.com. Thanks for listening.